Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm getting on well with my book writing. I've nearly finished chapter one. Wow, that's amazing. How it's many... very. It's a very nice feeling. How many chapters are there? Five. Oh, okay. Oh. So I, I'm just, yesterday I was writing about the cosmetics brands that are included with the Kodak cameras I'm focusing on. Oh, fantastic. And that was fun, because mm. there's like Richard Hudnut, which is more elite, and does these amazing like compacts that are like chatelaines, or like ones that hang from a chain from your finger, like oh. a ring. Yeah, oh, that sounds great. We have a really nice one at the Museum of London. Oh, there's really? another word for them. What's the other word? I can't think of it. Now. Another word for compact. Yeah, for these sort of little oh. little boxes with makeup in. Um, it's like I think it's a French word. Hopefully, it'll come oh, back to me. Um, that sounds nice. Oh, but tell me more about that one. Well, yeah, there's like oh, these lovely one. ones that have sort of enamel. There's one I particularly like that has like black enamel and then sort of palest green sort of a couple of swirl shapes on it or kind of curling shapes on it that's so chic. And what's and in then, them? The, the powder. Oh, just, oh, compact, just the powder, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just mm. the powder. So it's, it's really interesting, this idea that in the 1920s you can powder your nose in public. Yes. Mm. And touch up your makeup. Even if you do it in a powder room, it's still more open and kind of wearing makeup in public is yeah. interesting. And then the other brand, Treasure, Treasure, which is T-R-E, and then you are J-U-R. Wow. Fun. I know, fun. <laughs> I love the uh, names like that. I know, it's so good. Because first of all, I was calling it Treasure, and then I suddenly thought, hang on, you're missing what this is really called. Cool. Yeah. It takes um, me normally years to work things like that out. <laughs> really, like, literally. It's very funny when you're saying something in your head for years one yeah. way, and then you hear it said out loud, and you're like, oh, yes. that makes more sense. Mm. So Treasure, yeah, um, which was they kind of made their money by kind of identifying that compacts were a thing and that they could just focus on compacts. And so they make these little ones and they, they're called thinnest with one n that that they really boast about how little they are so i like that idea of like portability and mobility connected with them yeah. and then they make little ones like both of the brands make ones that have little drawers or you know compacts that contain different kinds of products in a mirror yes. yeah that's so the ones i mean that have that name that yeah I remember. they're lovely like a palette and then so it links to the camera as well because the camera they're thinking about other things to go into the camera case so i really liked that yeah so that's what i was writing about yesterday oh i think it's a minotier yes i think that's the word that that's what you call those little tiny bags yeah that you just hold in the palm of your hand yeah and we have sort of one i'm not sure it's the right term for it but it has a compartment for a lipstick and for what's it called the mascara that is the the block the compact mascara with a little yeah. brush and um, a few other things and it's it's silver it's not that beautiful outside but I like how it's all so functional and yeah I really love love those I do I mean it's interesting reading the advertising copy for these makeup brands because 
it's it's very sensory it's very much you know the smell of the powder the feel of the compact in your hand the snap of it Mm. when it closes but they do also stress that it works and that you kind of need this Mm. as well and then there's lots of stuff with Richard Hudnut about color harmony and how you know these perfumes or these compacts you know the the pink is romantic and the green is calming and that kind of thing yeah and and it seems to link to a, something going on at the time of the idea of an ensemble which again links beautifully to my camera yeah so you know of every element of your dress coordinating mm. which i like i like coordination as you know yeah i like coordination it's very nice mm. so i am enjoying that yeah it mm. reminds me also of the beginning of piccadilly the film oh, there's quite a film. long scene in a powder room all oh these... my goodness i'd forgotten that yeah. i must go back and watch it yeah it's quite long and they're all yeah making themselves up and gossip gossiping about the Love. the couple that's just been dancing or is about to dance i can't remember yes mm. oh my goodness i'd completely forgotten that and yeah, um, so that's what i've been thinking about what work-wise. else have you Pardon? been? Have you been thinking? Oh about well, that? I have actually. I have actually been thinking about other things not to do with work directly. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a few weeks ago we were talking about fashion and interiors? Yes. Well, then I was thinking about it again the other day because I was thinking about the way because we were talking about kind of fashion and interiors in harmony. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. I once went. I won't name names. I went to someone's office. And it was all white, like not kind of stark modernist white, which I really like. It was just white for the sake of being white, it Mm -hmm. seemed. And it seemed quite hostile. It it was kind of weird because on the one hand, it was all white, which you associate with it being kind of calming and la-la. But it actually seemed quite hostile, like you weren't actually welcome in it. Because there was a really deep pile carpet that was white, the sofas were white. And when I was in this office, the person who owned the office was kind of semi-bragging, saying, oh, you know, I don't let people who are wearing denim sit on my sofas because they'll leave blue marks if it's new denim. And I remember at the time thinking, wow, well, why don't you just not let anyone in the office? Because you're kind of signaling by having a white carpet that you don't want anyone walking on it, really. And then you're also saying you don't want anyone really sitting on the sofa. So that was her own personal psychology she can deal with her herself. But what it made me think about was almost like when, when clothing lets you down or like the traces that clothing leaves on other things. Because like, I think we've talked before about like the traces your body leaves on clothing. Yes, that's but normally thinking, what people talk yeah, about. Yeah, but I, I was kind of thinking of it as more exterior of, oh, codons. Um, that there's the kind of, yeah, denim indigo that I know I've worn jeans before, new jeans, and ended up with blue hands. Yeah, mm, that's Which true. is really not good. Mm. Yeah, and then it's like you are afraid you're going to imprint blue on your face and on everything you touch. Yeah. And it's, I, I just like this idea of traces. Yeah, I, I like the idea of traces. Sorry if there's some noise in the background, there's some intermittent drilling going on as, as per usual <laughs> that's very very intriguing yes um i i once bought this mohair jumper it was quite punk um it was sort of very very bright fluorescent yellow and i think i've only ever worn it twice maybe three times 
and it just left fluorescent yellow fluff absolutely everywhere. <laughs> it was just a total nightmare. And I actually did bring, I did wear it once to work. I don't know what got into me. And I, I had to buy a defluffer. And then occasionally I would sort of whip it out and defluff the rest of me. And my colleagues, <laughs> my colleagues kept saying, are you defluffing yourself again, Beatrice? <laughs> just a total nightmare um, so there was kind of a choreography yeah attached to wearing it yeah there definitely was i wonder what other things i i've encountered well, I've, I've had because i'm allergic to wool oh, okay as a teenager i would occasionally buy woolly sweaters just because i liked them and then you know get a rash and mm. that was bad so there's another kind of trace of triggering that but i remember i once had one i don't think it was mohair maybe it was angora a pale blue sweater and I wear contact lenses and I get it in my eyes and on my face and it was just awful. Mm. I mean, it's like that famous um, Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers scene where the feathers are coming off her dress and that Fred Astaire really hated that dress. Oh, yes. Because the, you can see like wispy bits of ostrich feather floating around. Oh, my favourite one is there is one in Dinner at Eight and um, Jean Harlow has a go at her either I can't remember whether it's her husband or her lover and and she sort of shouts at him and she's wearing and she's in her bedroom and she's wearing her boudoir outfit and yes. it involves an ostrich feather cape and the whole time it just sort of sails through the whole scene wow. you can come these you can see these sort of feathers coming off oh I love her and I love that yeah. film I must watch it again I always wondered how people cope with wearing feathers around their face I mean, when you think how incredibly popular feathers were, mm. like in the Edwardian period, wasn't that like the height of it? Yes, weirdly enough, we yesterday we looked at some Edwardian stuff and we, we got out, um, we have a few boxes with feather boars actually, and they're, they are quite beautiful and it's just so super impractical because mm. the one that was at the top in the box, it's sort of white ostrich feathers not dyed but it has really heavy tassels at the end so part of me also thinks how how long i mean it obviously lasted for more than a hundred years but mm. i it doesn't doesn't look as if it should last but no. then we also have little collars that you put you know really tightly around your neck with attached ribbons and things that are of ostrich feathers and they definitely would have got in your face and in your mouth. Definitely. I mean, the ribbons and the tassels suggest that was trying to anchor them, which suggests Maybe. they also slipped good around point. a bit. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But yeah, you feel like, because in that period, they also spread to kind of all classes as well, didn't they? That It, did, it wasn't like an elite fashion. No, I don't think it was. But, but imagine getting on the omnibus. With people wearing ostrich feathers, yeah, or on the underground, yeah, with ostrich feathers floating around, that and would I be guess, so weird and annoying. I mean, I don't, I haven't recently read much Sherlock Holmes, but I suspect there is a lot there where people leave traces. Oh, I've never really read Sherlock Holmes, I, but I bet you're right because it seems like the beginning of a mystery. Yes. And, you know, I think there's quite a lot about uh, shoes leaving leaving patterns. I, mean, I guess that's the same still now. That's still a, a form of evidence. Well, yeah, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously 
there's the shoe print, so you're giving away the size and nowadays the brand of your shoe, probably. Yeah. But also, I wonder if if there's stuff about like the pressure you put on your shoe in in different places. Yeah, well, I think just your weight, I guess. Yes, yes. How much it is imprinted. So I'm, I'm just wondering whether at the time when Conan Doyle was writing, whether there would have been more more things that you would leave. You know, like buttons. Well, I sort of have a feeling, I used to read Ag- Agatha Christie as well, but it's so mm-hmm. long ago. But I sort of have a feeling buttons are being found or combs or, I mean, a comb is not really, a hair comb well, is not really an item of clothing, but... You know, sort of, you had maybe more bits about you that could fall off. I'm not sure. Maybe that's not. <laughs> maybe that's not true. But that's really interesting because it's really interesting because we started talking about dye, yes. like excess dye mm. that can come off, and then like feathers, which I always think feathers are a bit like the trail of the scent of perfume. Do you know what I mean? They seem like this thing that floats in the air that's continuing your presence when you're yeah, gone. Yeah, true. Mm. But then footprints and the idea that could be used in evidence yeah. is really interesting. Mm. And the and also the idea of dirt, that, that your clothing might bring in dirt and that that's sort of abject and contaminating an yeah. interior. And evidence, yeah. And evidence, we like evidence. Yes. Mm. And isn't it isn't it the case that you know the phrase "pin money" that you're earning pin money? Wasn't that from people picking up pins that sometimes are made of precious metals off the floor and like selling them? Oh, really? You know when you know like I think sort of in I don't know like 16th century that lots of Excess, not accessories. What do I mean? Like embellishments were pinned on. Oh yeah, that's true. And your clothes true. were pinned together mm. in places. Like a stomacher would be pinned onto your gown or whatever. Yeah. And so people could actually make. I mean, tiny amounts of money, but money by going around the streets collecting the pins. Oh, I didn't realize it was to do with that. I... That's like a really distant memory from when I did mm. my MA, but I think that's right. Well, we need to check it out. We need to check that. Yeah. Because that's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. The idea that you'd have things that are actually worth, even if it's a small amount of money, that you know are just going to fall off your dress. Yes. And that, that it's kind of built into you putting on an outfit is that you will lose bits of it. Yeah, I guess you don't... I don't know, I am just sort of keep thinking about what it's like now. It it just seems different. I guess things are less... I don't know, there just seems to be less um, detail or less... I mean, sort of everyday clothes I'm talking about, obviously not yeah. some, some gown you wear to the Oscars. You might leave some sequins behind, maybe. Oh, I'm sure sequins. Well, I suppose it depends on the quality of the of the fabric that they're and how they're anchored. Mm. But still, but some know, of I... the dresses in the 20s, the so-called, you know, flapper dresses, they, they're yes. just so full of sequins and you would have had to sit down on them i can't believe you wouldn't have lost well that the leaves one. another trace of the imprint of it on your True. flesh yeah on that yeah i was thinking more of the plush seat you might be sitting on oh yeah so you might be leaving impressions in two directions yes apparently when hartnell or hardy amos maybe more hartnell made a gown for the queen he always made sure that she could sit down um, and she wouldn't sit, sit on a lot right. of beads and that must rhinestones. Be, it must get really uncrum- uncomfortable it, it must, yeah, very because, quickly. Because some of the 
the embroidery on on her gowns from the 50s is is just really heavy stuff it's quite and the rhinestones when they have quite a big sort of claw mount you know you really wouldn't want to sit on those what's that beautiful dress you've got out before when i've brought students that is is it mamboche oh no molina i don't know that's oh that's i think it's molina molina with with amazing rhinestone jewels all over it yeah I think it is... Is it Princess Marina's? Yeah, I think it's Princess Marina's and they, they picked out the, the paisley pattern in, in embroidery on top. Yeah, it is very, very lavish and very, and very heavy. Think, I guess dresses like that are designed for events where you stand. Yes, and this one, this particular one also has a harness inside because I think it could have been worn with a, with a robe attached. So you wow. don't want everything to pull back. So, there is... so imagine, because I, I read somewhere once, I don't know if it's true, that Helmut Newton, when he was photographing nudes, he would tell the sitter not to wear underwear on the way to, to the studio because if, if they wore underwear, then they'd have to wait for the lines to go to take a nude shot. Yeah, I, I, I have heard that before and I, I can imagine that. Yes. I mean, the same with, I don't know, skinny jeans now or anything. It can take quite a long time for, for the imprint to go. Or um, I was just thinking that if you're wearing a dress that needs a harness to support, you know, a train or, or something, and you've got rhinestones and you've got all of these heavy things, you must have, like, wheel marks all over yeah. you after wearing it. That could be quite an interesting photography project. It could, because because from the outside, it's just so sort of glamorous, fabulous. Mm. And you and just thinking about the, the kind of stress on your body of wearing it, but then also the physical marks it might leave. Yeah. The other thing that made me think of was sandals, you know, straps. Oh, yes. That can, they can leave a mark. Yes. Well, it is. It is weird because it is like you have. You can sometimes end up with the outline of everything you've been wearing. Yes. Which uh, is weird. Yeah. And it's something you don't really think about. I'm sure there's a, a fashion editorial in the face from the '90s that's just the traces of the clothes. It's just the you know the marks that oh, really? underwear leaves or whatever. Yeah, I really think so. Oh wow, that sounds an interesting thing to to do. And it's also I don't know. It's also like the way, because when I teach the census course with my students, I always start by saying about, you know, what impact is, is on the census of your clothes making. And one of the things I always mention is like, if you have shoes that press on your toe, it becomes all you can think about yes. sometimes because mm. it hurts so much. Yes. <laughs> and I've... then your toes are all squashed and red. Yes. I, re- I, I remember once when I was working at the art gallery, we we were at an art fair, and we always had to stand the whole day. We weren't supposed to sit down. Oh my goodness! So and I had bought stupidly, you know, beginner's idiocy. I bought these new, very very pointy. I think it might have been the nineties. Very pointy shoes, and they were like little kitten heel boots. Yes. And they were lovely, but they were so painful. And it's like you said, that's all. I was just standing there and that's all I could think of yeah. is, is the pain. Yeah, um, no, it is amazing. I think it it's such a weird thing that we do to ourselves. Yes. Mm. And it does become all-consuming and it is like you think you'll cry if it doesn't stop. But you continue standing there and oh, I... are murdering your feet. 
I remember in the 90s, um, not in the 90s, in the 70s maybe, it, I had these jeans. I think they were a brand called Rifle or something like that, which in itself is odd. And I had I had to lie down and and close the zip with a with pliers because they were oh so tight. God, wow. And they were really they were really painful for a while. You know, after a while, jeans sort of stretch, but not you know it it was yeah they were really painful to wear. Yeah, I used to wear actually a lot of things that <laughs> that were painful. <laughs> I used to want to have bigger feet, so all my shoes were a bit too big. And yeah, I guess there's a lot. My, my grandmother always used to say, "You have to suffer if you want to be beautiful," which is such a stupid saying. But, it, but it's it's still something that people do. Yeah, I, I I really love big earrings. So sometimes I'll have earrings that I can only really wear till lunchtime yeah. because they pull on my ear. But I just love the effect of having mm. these huge earrings I with often, a very severe sweater. That sounds very nice. I often wonder <laughs> about people, you know, people going to the Oscars or things like that. Sometimes it looks so difficult and uncomfortable what they are wearing I know they're not in it for long but I mean some people particularly in the last few years with the Met Ball when it's gone all totally over the top they don't look like they could actually sit down or maybe they change once they're inside I don't know I've just been watching this um like reality show styling Hollywood which is as it suggests this this man who Jason who I can't remember his surname but he is a really big stylist for um, film stars and music stars and it was interesting how many of the women he was dressing said it needs to be comfortable so he was like looking at things and saying but she's not going to be able to walk in that or she needs to move this way or whatever and it must be and, and also they kept saying you know this will be a moment this will be a moment and it is so crazy the red carpet is yeah and as you say, I'm sure so many things look really, really ridiculously uncomfortable. And then for the Oscars, you've got to sit down in like cinema seat kind of things oh, or theatre seats. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true for the Oscars. You actually sit in a row. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, all this sort of, I don't know when this leg reveal thing started. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, just sitting down with that and you, you dress this sort of slip basically to your crotch and you know that yes. must be odd too i don't know maybe not well it, no it is it is interesting isn't it because it's like there's the traces your clothes leave on you and on your surroundings and then there's also clothing can fail you in other ways that you can look amazing standing up but then as soon as you sit down yeah you know it could be that you wear something that's so wrinkled or like remember when princess Diana? yes Yes, the way that how wrinkled all the satin was when she got out of the carriage. Yeah, her train was just not mm. the right kind of silk, really. Yeah. And I, and it's interesting that there's a whole sort of industry that's built around knowing those things so that you get the stylist who will anticipate the different like postures and gestures you will need to inhabit, perform, I don't know, during an evening... And how your outfit will perform in relation to those things. Yeah, I guess famously, sorry, they are drilling again. Famously, again, I think the Queen is a good example. You know, they wait Mm. if she has a day dress. I mean, in the past, I don't know, they would wait, wait it so so it wouldn't fly up in the wind, you know. Oh, because that's awful. I've worn 
It seems like whenever I wear a pleated skirt, it's really windy. So you end up having not looking all kind of stylish and gliding in your pleats, but having to kind of cling on to it. Yeah. So which is not so glamorous. No, not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so where does that leave us? What 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 have we learned? Think about your entire day. Yes. Before you step outside. Yeah. And be careful of that denim. Yeah. And, and if you wear want... shoes that fit. Yeah. And be careful not to leave stuff behind. Yes. Unless you really want to. Unless you want to leave a trail in an enticing way. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless it's becoming more of a fairy tale rather than the beginning of a murder mystery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, decide which narrative you're, you're in. in. That's always that's a very good life life advice, I would think. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that's left us a lot to think about. Yes, it has. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.